The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to That's So Retrograde. It's a pleasure to be here with you, my friend. It is continuing to be a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Always and forever, I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Simbari. And uh, another show, another go. Here we go. We're um, we're trying something new. We're just mixing it up. We're, we're evolving. Yeah, we are. We're going to do something new, guys, and it's going to be the forever newness, so we hope that you like it. So first of all, we're going to tell you who our guest is today. Mm-hmm. We've got Dr. Deepika Chopra, the optimism doctor, talking to us about the science of optimism. Amazing. And to beautifully couple that, we're going to be very optimistic mm-hmm. and try roses and thorns at the top. Hi, I with like it. emphasis on the roses. I'm so, it's a rosy, rosy day, because you know what? We're ever evolving, we're growing. Why not shift things around? And we're optimistic about said shifts. And you guys are going to love it. And that's so, what we're the most optimistic about. So we thought, why Every not? Every time we say optimistic, take a shot of juice. Or hit your vape pen. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so. Tell me what your rose is, my friend. Okay, so interesting time. Yeah. In the life and times. Okay. Um, I've just gotten off of a two and a half week stint of single white femaling our dear friend Ryan Weiss aka waking up with Ryan yeah. he's been out of town for two and a half weeks with his boyfriend Ori mm-hmm. and I was house sitting mm-hmm. and taking care of their dogs and basically just like living their entire life as a as a mutually beneficial favor as mm-hmm. we know I don't really have a place to live at the moment okay and hey, sweet little homeless um, friend um bags i'm a gucci bag lady mm-hmm. that erica badu song is in my soul um yeah so that's i'm like i love this life i'm living in venice we're very like a few doors down from our dear friends chelsea and john and himmy and it's just like commune life um really really sashaying into uh my dream existence yeah but it's not my life, and it felt really sad to say goodbye. Yeah. But you had a great little experience, and you know what? It's an expansive experience. You haven't picked a place yet, but now living in that tiny, cute house, you can kind of be like, oh, maybe that's something I should explore. Definitely. And it was really fun. You had us for a Shabbat, which was just the joy of my life. It was really lovely. Thank you so much. Shabbat's forever. Yeah. Um, and apparently I'm a dog person now. Yeah, so that is that's the biggest shakeup of all. A new development at almost 34 years old that I now am a dog person. Personally, I can't handle this because I feel like you've been very Carlos resistant for quite some time. I've been more bad breath resistant. Mm. I'm sorry, Carlos, but mm. there's some decay. King tooth stuff. Mm. Well, if you don't love him unconditionally, then I really don't know what to say to you. <laughs> I love your love with him. It's like the cutest buddy comedy that there ever was. Okay, I'll accept that. But um, so yeah, that's kind of a. It's just been funny. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I'm like, I liked it. I'm like, you know, walking adjacent to Erewhon, right to, next door to our best friends. It's just been really lovely. Yeah. And um, as I was packing up all of my bags today. Um, putting them in my car, I was like, I they're they're just gonna be bags of my stuff in my car, and we don't know where we're landing next. 
I obviously have find a out. place to sleep and all of that, so not to worry. But it's just been. What if all the listeners were like, "Wait, Elizabeth is we're homeless. Like, so What's concerned. happening?" Start a GoFundMe page. No, we're good. <laughs> You guys, we've got Rothy's <laughs> advertising. We're good. Sleeping in a bed no, of my recycled plastic shoes. I'm holding out for this like unicorn of a home, and I don't want to settle for something that is. I'm just like whatever about. I want to walk into the doors and be like, "This is my home." And I've come across a lot of places that check all the boxes on my list, but just haven't evoked that feeling yet. And um, my boyfriend and I like had a serious discussion of like, we both want that. We both want to feel like. This is our place. So cute. And until that happens, I'm just like not going to settle. I love it. Adventures in real estate. Real estate. I'll, you're the sh- you're the Shaw of Sunset. Whatever Basically the fuck show you're watching. Sunset, yeah. <laughs> which is such a good show also on Also a rose of yours. Yes. Uh, okay, my update is that two things. I felt like the new moon was like very aggressive. I don't know if anyone else out there has felt this way, but it was very like – um, newness by way of fire mm. in true like Aries fashion. It was not a gentle new moon. It was like I was, I became so fucking aware of the areas of my life that were not serving me or working. And it was like a fucking brush fire came through my body and was like burning down the house. Ooh. And it was very uncomfortable. But what has arisen from that is a, is a couple of things. Number one, um, I feel like part of the thing that was taking up space that needed to burn down was like any energy that I was holding for relationships that were imbalanced um, has feels like I just don't have space for that anymore. So I'm noticing with certain people or or even in like dating dynamics, I'm just like, that's just not going to work for me. It's like almost like the the book was like an interesting foray into exploring what it even what like book now uh, getting to I do <laughs> even like what it um meant to like have boundaries in that way and have like self-respect and have like this you know reciprocal energy and I feel like I just see things in a whole new way now and it's really interesting and then it's funny because there must be something going on in like the collective conscious because I've been seeing a lot of like Instagram posts about like you know um cancel any friendships that only make withdrawals and like all these different kinds I mean that's like a refinery 29 post but like shit like that where the energy is just like there must be something going on with everyone where it's like we can only accept a dynamic that is as much giving as it is taking. The unicorn home. Sure. Everything needs to feel like the unicorn home. Completely aligned and balanced yeah. and nice. So with that being said, I had um, two things. I had a reading with Nikki Novo, who we will be having on the show. She's a relationship medium, and she had told me, um, you know, one of the things I think that you should do is you should – join a matchmaking service and I was kind of like what is this 1933 like I don't know what that means like what am I like match like in fucking Fiddler on the Roof like I just wasn't (laughs) Patty Stanger yeah I just wasn't like here for that suggestion but then it was kind of funny because it had coincided with this woman reaching out to me and saying she runs a matchmaking service and she'd really like to work with me so after this weekend after like that Raya date sort of I don't know. I just the only thing I've ever done with guys on Raya is like jerk them off and then I never see them again. So I just feel like that's like I mean, I think that's what that app's for. <laughs> She's crying. No I'm kidding. I'm Wait, like, are you crying? No, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> just like what is happening? So anyways, 
I just feel like if I'm saying it's okay to like engage in that kind of bullshit behavior, then why wouldn't I sit down with a person who does this for a living, who has a professional connection, who has successful relationships, if nothing else, just to practice dating? Because I think that's the biggest thing. That's what Nikki said. She was like, look, you just need to like go on dates. And yeah. It's hard to find people to go on dates with because fucking people on Raya just want to get jerked off and never talk to you again. Or whatever. True. Or Tinder. Wherever you are, I don't think it's like a very um, – you know, uh, depth-filled endeavor. So I'm going to be starting to work with Molly of Highly Devoted. Check them out. And I'm going to be chronicling it on the show. Stay fucking tuned. I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm so excited. So on Friday, I have a meeting with her, and we're going to, like, go deep. She's going to ask me questions. It's going to be, like, a two-hour thing. Yeah. And then we really, like, connect on, like, what I'm looking for, and then we go forth They don't there. make you do a photo shoot, do they? No. Okay, because – Funny story for our uh, Bravo listeners out there. Bravo viewers. Old school Bravo. Take it back a few years. Okay. Back when I used to work for Rachel Zoe, they did – their show was also on during a, sh- a show with the Patty Stanger as the matchmaker. I think it was called Million yeah. Dollar Matchmaker. Millionaire Matchmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So – they were. They used to film these promos that they had all the quote unquote Bravo celebrities at there. So it was like summer with Bravo, and uh-huh. they were like all shooting on this roof. So they were shooting with Patty Singer, and one of my coworkers had just moved from New York, and she was like having trouble meeting people. So I guess Roger, our boss, he talked to Patty Singer, and he's like, "You need to talk to to my coworker." So. We got on the phone with Patty. I was listening in, of course. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth she, holding for Roger. <laughs> she, um, paid for my friend, my coworker, to have a photo shoot wow. so that she could use like a headshot of a photo for the millionaire. But I feel like that's like a pre-Instagram day, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I just, I mean, I'm, that was really. I was just trying to humble brag that I, I eavesdropped on a call with Patty Singer because, wow. That was Don't fly my too reality. close to the sun, Elizabeth. Be careful. <laughs> Don't meet your heroes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyways, uh, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Let's see what the fuck happens. Hopefully I don't have to jerk anyone off anymore. <laughs> Just for, like, the wrist dexitricity alone. Look, I used to have a hard rule against not doing it, <laughs> and as I've gotten more selective with who I have sex with, I find myself doing a lot of that. So... I mean, look, you never know where you're going to find yourself at 33 years old and single. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we're so excited. I'm optimistic about my dating life and about this episode and about you finding a home. Let's fucking do this. Let's do this. So um, we are really excited to bring on Dr. Deepika Chopra. She is a friend of mine from way back, and she's doing amazing work in this world. She is doing amazing. So yeah, let's just cut right to it. Cut to it, baby. So yeah, I'm an optimism doctor, and I have a doctorate in clinical health psychology, but I've been studying optimism, visual imagery, and happiness, and sort of a holistic and science-based perspective in studying those things for the past decade or so now. And I see clients, and I work with corporations, and I do a lot of speaking and writing, and um, it's just sort of really evolved, and especially over the last few years where I feel like finally some of this stuff that I've been working on for so long is 
becoming a little more mainstream and um, almost like trigger words, <laughs> like optimism and evidence-based manifestation. And there's, start, you know, when I was, I did my dissertation actually on those topics, like literally those those terms about a decade ago, and it was not very welcomed. <laughs> right. But now I think everybody is the itch has been scratched and everybody yes. wants more information on these practices. I think we're all working on things that we're manifesting, calling in, releasing things. and But to- also our world is just so like dense with negativity that yeah. we need new, more powerful tools to you know, navigate those waters. And what I think so cool is um, I'm starting to learn in the last couple of years, like people are really hungry also for like real science. Yeah. So like someone that like, I feel like I finally found sort of like, it's all making sense. And like the whole culmination of everything I've done is like really starting to make sense right now. And it's like, just this, like I sit like very right in the middle of like holistic sort of wellness trends of what's happening and I'm so into them and I've kind of always grown up with sort of that aspect and then also like just very much like evidence-based science cool I mean I think that's where it needs to go because at some point it's like the ethereal sort of like manifesting I think her and I both have sort of come to a place where that type of languaging doesn't really suffice for us because it feels a little bit sorry to say like delusional no absolutely disconnected and so I think going into science is extremely important absolutely you know like a couple years ago I almost felt like the wellness world maybe it's also where we live we're in LA but it was feeling just so oversaturated and just like almost cheapened Mm -hmm. like in some way where it's just like anyone can do anything and I mean it's like every girl who didn't make it as an actress is like a life coach so yes no it's (laughs) like no one needs your advice it's so true (laughs) and like if you eat if you like make a gluten-free meal you're like a nutritionist yeah and if you just have like an Instagram feed and you hold like a crystal and you ask the universe for something you expect it to fall in your lap and then you also feel like you're entitled to do that for other people yeah and it's like actually really detrimental like yeah like to work with people and their emotions and their goals and their life and their dreams. Mm-hmm. Like, you need experience. And it, the experience can't just be, like, you did it for yourself. Right. Totally. Yeah. I want to know all about the science of manifestation yeah. so we can reframe. Yes. So talk to us first. So optimism doctor, what is the definition scientifically mm-hmm. of an optimistic person? I love that you asked me that. Um, so – Despite what sort of like pop culture or I guess people uh, assume, people assume that an optimistic person is someone that's always wearing rose-colored glasses and positive all the time. And Steph, you wear rose-colored glasses sometimes in your tinted that's collection, I'm right? A miserable yeah. cunt. Right now, <laughs> right now they're a nice shade of optimistic yellow. It's a green, actually. Oh, they look kind of yellow from here. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. well, they're whatever or you green. want them to be. I'm seeing yellow. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the that actually that idea of someone that's positive all the time, um, which it's we can so annoying. It's called. Inhumane. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, the scientific term. Yeah. 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 It's called non-existent. It's very extra. It's called bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I love yeah. that. It's called bullshit. Um, a true human, what makes us human is we experience the entire range of emotions. Suffering? Yes. That's part of it. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And so the definition of a true optimist and what, what I, the definition that I work with is a true optimist is someone that sees all the setbacks, 
the problems, the roadblocks. They are so aware of them. They're mindful of them. But the trick is they see them as temporary mm. and something that they have the power within themselves to overcome. Ugh. Whereas someone, yeah, whereas someone that's airs a little bit more on the side of pessimism, they see those same roadblocks and problems and setbacks, but they see them as uh, permanent Mm. and they don't really see themselves having any way of overcoming them. Right. I find that to be very challenging, you know, sitting where we sit as people with this show and just like generally good advice givers. Um, I Something that I bump up against in when I talk to people is that like there is that fundamental core difference of belief where it's like you can present me a problem, I can mm-hmm. begin to work with you to create a solution, but if you are not an optimist in exactly your definition, then there isn't really that much that you can change then in you're the going context in a of getting advice because it's it's yeah you just keep right. bumping up against the fact that like it's not going to change it's just this huge problem and I don't know how to break that down yeah. or reframe it for someone so the first thing is we all have optimistic qualities and pessimistic qualities right. and so like I think we also have this misconception where it's like I'm an optimist or I'm a pessimist and we can't really like for me I'm an optimism doctor and I feel like I've worked really hard because optimism is a muscle. I've worked really hard to be optimistic. Some parts of me feel more naturally optimistic Mm -hmm. in certain scenarios. And I feel pretty optimistic in a lot of different uh, parts of my life. But you throw me a health problem and I'm more neurotic than Woody Allen. Right. Like I'm seriously like I think I have everything. Yeah. I Like any sort of medical situation, that's my like optimism Achilles heel. (laughs) (laughs) It's like where my self-work has to go. And I'm like – I know exactly what that is. And so I work a lot with people to figure out not just how optimistic they are, but where in their lives they're more optimistic and where sort of like pessimism comes up more. And then also like what exactly their optimism looks like. Loving the new format. Mm -hmm. Let's just get right in to give love to one of our partners today. Really helping us actually get here physically Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're both wearing them on our feet. Strapped in, walked out the front door, and started whistling a tune. What's up, Rothies? Hey, guys. Okay, so this is very apropos because Stephanie and I both met with the team that founded the company yeah. this week. Yeah. And we got to see the whole process in which these shoes are made. So It's we, so exciting. So it, they take water bottles, mm-hmm. single-use plastic bottles that are then chipped into flakes. And then under pressure, those tiny flakes are then pressed into these tiny pellets. And then from that, there's a thread made. Then it's dyed and then 3D knitted into a pair of Rothy's. So futuristic and amazing. It's like something like this that just takes the problem that we have on our planet and turns it into a really cool solution. Exactly. I'm obsessed. And they've used and counting, which is one of my favorite things on Rothy's.com. They uh, state how many water bottles have been repurposed in their shoes. They're at 27,846,559 at the moment. Yes. And. Okay, so they have a new style out too, I want to mention. That's coming out. It's yeah. not available For yet. For summer. So they're bringing a sandal into the equation. It's like a slide. Is so cute. A flop side. A slide. Yeah, so cute. And they have, in keeping with their cute style choices, they have a bunch of different prints and colors, and it's. All in the Rothy's aesthetic. Always adding new colors. Yeah. I just got a new sneaker style. Me too. What it's color? Light you get? blue. I went bright white. And I went with this tomato red pointy also. So I'm just Rothy'd the F up. And you should too. So yes. if you head over to Rothy's.com, 
and enter the code retrograde when you order your pair of shoes. You're going to get free returns and free exchanges. And you're also going to get the feeling that you're doing something good for our earth. Love that so much. So how do you shift? I'm assuming there's like a brain chemical conversation that we're going to get into on this. But how do you shift that perspective? So one of the key sort of um, ideas for me that I work with, and this is sort of, I know uh, Elizabeth and I were talking about this idea of evidence-based manifestation, and this is sort of like getting into that. If I could like speak on one thing, like in something like this podcast, that's not like a full session with people, but it's this idea of expectations. So we're all so focused on wanting, the want part. You know, like, oh, I, I really want this and I made a vision board and I put it down there and I held a crystal and I asked the universe and I know what I want and it's there. But like we stop there and we expect that it's supposed to just fall into our lap. But like what people are... Do we? Some people do. (laughs) Okay. Um, I feel like that's sort of the prescription right now. I see that a lot from like these life coaches we're talking about. It's like very much about like identifying what you want and like visualizing it, right? And like they, I've seen a lot of people have these like vision board parties where like you cut things out of magazines and you put them down and like- Who does that? I see it. No, we do that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a really important step, right? But then like there's another step that's way more. There's so many more steps. There's so many more steps. And the main step that like people sort of don't, don't, it's like completely um, forgotten about or overlooked is this idea of expectation. So yesterday I was um, doing a live event at the bungalow in Santa Monica and there was a lot of people there and I asked all of them, we were kind of talking about this and this is like one of my favorite questions to ask a group of people and it was like, how many of you guys want to win the lottery? Every single person raised their hand. They all want to win the lottery, right? We all do if we're given the chance. And then I asked all the same people that raised their hand, which was literally like all 100 people, um, how many of you guys bought a lotto ticket today? Nobody, right? Hilarious. Right. Like, why would they buy a lotto ticket? That was not surprising to me. It's yeah. because we don't do – our brain doesn't set forth anything in terms of solutions or actions with things we don't believe or we expect to happen. Whoa. And so, like, the the big aha thing here is that we do not always get what we want, but we most always get what we expect. So what I work with people on is changing and shifting their expectations. Wow. That is so interesting. Yes. So, like, right, it's just shifting the limiting beliefs of what you think you're capable of. Yeah. But how does that work in the converse where it's, like, what you're saying where it's, like, sit in a crystal, sit with a crystal and just, like, because that is the opposite thing of where, like, your expectation is, like, beyond your actionable plan. Right. And then there's, like, a dissonance of of connection. So – there's a lot of steps to get to that. It's good to know on like a bigger level. So also like we have to discern that like if you're sort of a high functioning, we're speaking like emotionally because obviously I come from like a clinical background where some people like you can't really do this with. Right. Um, they're not there. And if you're more like a high functioning person that just wants to optimize certain things in their life, um, some of this stuff could sort of you could drop in and some of this stuff could kind of work you have the ability to visualize something that you really want yeah but if you like even even someone that is high functioning and like a lot of this the manifestation talk I feel like it's really a few years ago it used to be surrounded a lot about like abundance and like wealth and money and now I feel like so much of it is like about a relationship Mm. like so much of what I get or hear is like this idea of like manifesting the perfect relationship Uranus and Taurus (laughs) 
Yes. It is that. The shift. It's like a cosmic shift. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And I don't know much about like the the astrology, but like I'm just like, are you, is that a shift that's happened in our like world? So it's like one of the- I'm seeing it a lot. I believe it. One of the like tenets of that like major planetary shift is like alignment in personal relationship where that's like, it was explained to us that basically- people that were with people that they weren't meant to be with would mm-hmm. have no choice but to separate yeah. in order to kind of like renegotiate Real, yeah. the alignment. Yeah, no, I can see. I really think that's like a theme that is just coming up. And I don't know, that makes sense if it's that. And it, it's also like dating's really hard, I think, especially where we are. And I miss the whole like online dating because I met my husband literally like months before that like really took off. Yeah. But um, some of my friends that are, you know, single right now, like that's something that I think there's a struggle right now with that. And but my point with all that is like I I know how badly some of these people that come to me want a relationship. But my first question to them is this relationship that I, I had you visualize and we talked about and you visualized your perfect partner and what he or she would look like and feel like and be like and what a moment would be like together in your future. And of course, we know from visual imagery work, like the more you use all your senses, the more powerful it is. But then like we don't stop there. I have to actually ask them and say like from one to 10, a one to 10 scale, how much do you actually believe that this person is possible in your life? It's so funny that you're saying this because I'm one of those people and I fully feel like last night was like a weird breakthrough that I had where I realized that I know exactly what it is and I finally believe that it's possible. It's like so much more simple. Yeah. I was like, okay, you just need to be cool, hot, and available. Yeah. And like I don't (laughs) care about any of the other details. Those are just like three main things. And I sat there for a long time like trying to overcomplicate it. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, that exists. Like I don't have to like make it more specific or put it on like anything else other than those three things. And then I like got out of the tub and I was like – Cool, hot, and available. <laughs> I can do that. That's pretty right. – that's real. That ha- I know that that's, if I could – Cha. Cons- yeah. <laughs> Where are you at? Cha-cha. <laughs> but exactly because it's like before that moment, I was like A, overcomplicating it and then also based on like having had so many poor experiences, mm-hmm. limiting my own yeah. connection to what I thought like I could find. Yes. And like tying it up in my own self-worth, my own bullshit. But really it's like you said, it's more about – what's in the world. Totally. And so like one part of that is like when you, when you're asking someone like, do they believe that this actually can happen? And if they're like, well, I'm at like a four, then like, we're really not ready to start like the idea of manifesting this thing that they only believe is a four. Right. Like you've got to be around a seven. Yeah. Mm. And if not, then like we do some other work. Okay. So what's that work? So like for another example. Asking for a <laughs> So hypothetically, yeah. what would that look like? Well, yeah. you, you kind of did something that is part of that, which is sort of like moving a step back and like getting a little bit like away from how specific you are. Yeah. And maybe like putting out there something that you feel you believe is actually a possibility more. Yeah. And so sometimes it's about stepping back from a a really specific thing. And sometimes it's about completely going somewhere else. So Mm. like another example kind of is like, let's say I'm working with someone who has a core belief that uh, they don't really like themselves and they're sort of functioning and they're doing fine. But like, it's not that surprising. A lot of people that I work with that are really successful in a lot of aspects of their life, when you sort of strip a lot of things away, like one of their core beliefs is like, I don't really like myself. Sad. Yeah, it's sad. And, um, you know, a lot of people would prescribe them 
life coaches um, or like, you know, the everyday uh, new 20 to 30 year old girl in Los Angeles. <laughs> talk about. I love all the shade. Um, sorry, <laughs> no, it's good. Kind of true, right? You brought it up. Yeah, and I'm no, just agreeing. No, I, I, um, I do like it. Um, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I've heard, you know, because a lot of people will come to me and sort of, they've been through a lot of these different things and they'll say like, yeah, like I'm, I'm totally familiar with this idea of affirmations. Mm -hmm. And I was prescribed, you know, from a life coach or from a yoga teacher in a class or whatever, you know, or a manifestation person. And they might come to me and say like, oh yeah, I've done this work and I've done affirmations. And someone told me to look in front of a mirror and just say, when I wake up in the morning, like, I love myself, put your hand on your heart and say, I love myself three times and then say it before you go to bed. Yeah. That's a very common, I think, prescription why would you say i love myself instead of i love you okay or i love you yeah like either way sorry yeah (laughs) yeah that's not the point (laughs) yeah but that's yeah it's not but that's also valid yeah um whatever it is like the fact is that their core belief is they don't like themselves right so it's completely incongruent and our brains are very smart you mean your brain's gonna be like you don't believe that exactly no exactly and i've done a lot of There's been a lot of research on this topic, and I actually wrote an article for the chalkboard on this. um, Or no, it was for Mind Body Green, sorry. Um, And like when I was doing some research, even for that, past the research I had done, like I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like there's real research on this. For the people that really need this, like they have these beliefs, it's actually super detrimental to them because our brain just automatically, you say that out loud and your brain automatically starts collecting all the evidence and regurgitating it out of why that's not true. Whoa. And then you just feel like shit. Trigger warning. Yeah. And so like for me, it like made sense for all the work I do, like this idea of belief and expectation. And when you do the work, you have to sincerely believe it. Mm -hmm. So I would much rather prefer to work with someone and I just ask the casual question, like name, tell me like one thing you just kind of like about yourself or you appreciate about yourself. I'm not asking you to chuck out this belief you have that you don't like yourself, like on the whole, you keep that. You've been working on this for 42 years and you keep it. And we're not going to even touch that right now. But like, just give me something that you kind of like about yourself. And if they're, and everyone can name one thing. Right. And they're like, oh, you know, I, I like how loyal I am. Or, you know, I like um, how I tell a story. Or I'm a really good sister. Okay, great. So yeah. like, let's take one of those. You uh, are a really good sister. You think you're a really good sister. And how much do you believe that? One through ten. If they're like eight, nine, you know, anything over a seven, that's your new affirmation. I want you to say that in front of the mirror. It's true. It's believable. And your brain then starts to sort of like reach out for other evidence to make that true. Mm. And so we're going in the right direction of I like myself because we're like all I'm doing is helping people collect evidence. And they're going to continue to collect evidence over time if their their brain is actually on board with them. And we're moving to that direction. We're just moving slower. And we're moving in a real way. You know, we're not like I always like the example of like, driving really fast down the highway and then someone asking you to just like completely turn around, you're going to crash and burn. Right. You have to slowly turn. And mm. then once you're on the way in the right direction, you can go a little faster. But the turn, you know, we, we're not like Vin Diesel. We can't make that. <laughs> or I don't know. Or stunt are we? Drive. Or are we? <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> yeah. Pause for partner love. Okay. PPL. Oh. <laughs> PPF. 
L? I don't know. Anyway. I know Elizabeth loves to make abbreviations out of things that aren't abbreviations. And you know what else I love to do? What? Talk it out. Talk it out. We are so stoked today to be partnering with BetterHelp because BetterHelp is online counseling that is there for you. They allow you to connect with professional counselors in a safe and private online environment that is so convenient. And you can get help at your own time, at your own pace. Through four communication modes. So whatever floats your boat, text, chat, phone, or video. I love that. I love texting my way through my shit. I really do. I know you do. Okay, shade. That's shade, everybody, just so you know. I happily know you do. Mm -hmm. Loving shade. Mm Mm-hmm. That kind of shade is why I'm using BetterHelp because they've connected me with 3,000 possible licensed therapists and I can try them on and if I'm not vibing with them, then I can connect with a new counselor who is more my speed. They are dealing with issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQIA matters, grief, self-esteem, you name it, they've got your back. It's really taking the legwork out of finding a therapist, Mm -hmm. which I think is a barrier to entry for so many. Couldn't agree more. And now it's like coming to meet you where you are. And I think that that is such a beautiful advancement, a beautiful way to use technology. Get off Instagram. Yeah. Put Get on your BetterHelp app. It's so, so, so true. So if you guys are thinking, I think it's time that I go to talk therapy, that's where I'm at, maybe that's where you are because all these spiritual practices that we do are amazing, but sometimes you just need to talk through your shit. Head over to betterhelp.com slash retrograde and you will get 10% off your first month of incredible talk therapy. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash retrograde. Love ya. So how does this similar, like working with our own brains, now shifting this idea um, of limiting beliefs and using our brains to help with manifesting. Yeah. So let's say we're working with a vision board. Yeah. For like dating. Yeah. Let's say dating relationships. Yeah. How then... Asking for a friend again. (laughs) How then would the same type of, with with the evidence and the shifting in perspective, how does that all come into play? So like... The first thing and a really powerful exercise that I do do with people is this idea of visualizing sort of like their best possible self. And if that includes a specific thing of like who they're with, it's really good to do this like like kind of like five years out. Like what does your entire life look like five years out? Your perfect life. This is the chance you have to actually go and like – do that sort of um, no judgment, like don't even worry if it's based on reality, but like put it out there. Okay. And so they go and they do this and they write this whole thing and in a journal and then we come back and we talk about it. Um, and then like we start taking like pieces of it. So if one of the things, asking for a friend for you, um, your friend, I mean, yeah. um, is this idea. My friend is me, by the way, <laughs> so that we're all clear. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You I, can be your own I friend. I love me. <laughs> She believes it. Yeah. <laughs> How much do you believe it? One to ten. A ten. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> so let's say one of the things is, you know, you really want to be in this amazing relationship. Yeah. yeah. So we've done sort of the vision boarding. You've like put cut out things from magazines and words and images that sort of reflect this like beautiful relationship that you're in. And we do know also that like the more you can kind of like be in the space um, using all your senses that like you're actually – and that part is so funny to me because people know it intellectually and they say it or they like prescribe it and say, we know that if you can actually like 
feel like you're in that, mm. right? Like you can get in that space and feel like you're in it, the more the better. And that's exactly what I'm saying. But like, you can't fake that. Right. Like, if you don't believe that it's actually possible, you can't feel it. So basically, the next thing we work on is how much do you believe that you can actually, this person or this relationship can actually happen for you okay. and happen for you in this time frame. Okay. And so if you're like, well, I mean, we kind of okay, talked about it. Okay, let's do it. If you're like, yeah. I'm gonna, he's going to be here before June. I believe it 100%. Well, okay, so. <laughs> well, also, I might be delusional. <laughs> so the, like, really, like, putting, like, a really specific date out there. Not good. I'm not the biggest fan of. Okay, cool. But, like, I, that's why, like, something like a five-year vision, it's, like, a whole encompassing. It's, it's really great. It's too long. Right. It's too yeah, long. Yeah, that's, like, three relationships. It is. <laughs> that's, like, I'm going to be 45. But, like, you're. <laughs> not so true. true. <laughs> but not true. Yeah. So, like, less about the date, but more, like this partner okay right so like this partner that you've really like put the specifics into um you know how much do you believe this person um will happen for you okay let's just leave it like sometime soon but yeah. not like a specific date okay so one to ten ten okay well then that's great. <laughs> There's no problem then. So no, next. That, no, like that's I'm great solved. in terms of then like you are so if you actually expect that and yeah. you think that's true yeah. and everything inside of you is like, yeah, absolutely. Like I there's no reason for me to believe not. I have tons of evidence to believe that that is going to happen and I deserve it. Yeah. And it's true. Then like your brain is already starting like if we if our brain believes something can happen, then without even us doing anything, the executive functioning part of our brain starts already working on to like doing things to make that happen. Right. Like, so, so I'm like, like saying yes to invitations. Yeah, and yes. if someone's like, I want to set you up with someone, I'm like doing that. Yes. I'm like just going. You're putting where... yourself in places yeah. that that could happen. hundred percent. Whereas if you were someone that, that, which is more predominantly, which I work with where someone's like, well, four, I want it 10, but like, I believe it four. Then like, you're not putting yourself in those situations for that to happen. Right. And so, like, if you really believe it as a 10 and you're actually doing these things, it's because your brain is already there. Right. And so that's great. Then, like, I think you could have this before June. <laughs> like, you're at a 10. Like, Well, I'm you know. at a 10 because I've been at – I feel like I've gone through the 1 through 10 steps over the last, like, million years of being yeah. single. So, like, that step, though, is what a lot of people are missing. Right. And so if you were to say something, you know, less, then, like, there's more work to be done in that step before you're actually, like, accepting and open to receiving it. Right. Kind of thing. So it's like breaking down the things that are in the way of taking the next step. Exactly. Without like magically trying to and then circumvent like, them. Right. And then it's sort of like since you are at that step, it's like, okay, what are – if that's your goal and you do think it can happen and you are doing that, then like if we're working together like in a week, like I want to know three things that you think steps you can actually take that like will bring you to that. So what are three things that like you might do this week? Um, Open Raya. Uh, definitely <laughs> yes. swipe right. Okay. Because <laughs> why not? Mm -hmm. um, I will say, I will follow up on the person, the two people that said they're going to set me up with someone. Yeah. And I will um, follow up with my fuck buddy just to keep the pipes clean. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. And right? then at the end of this week, well, we're already kind of, we're in middle of, no, we're on, we're, is it today Wednesday? I don't know what day it's today. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Um, so at the end of this week, uh, I'm going to check in with you okay. and make sure that you did all those things. Cool. And so it's this idea of like you want something, 
you expect it, they match, Mm -hmm. and now you're taking actions. Your brain's already coming up with them, and then we work on like actually – you know, making sure that you, the goals that you're setting and the little steps that you're taking, because people always underestimate these little steps, the little steps you're taking match. They are matching with your values, matching with um, what you expect and what you want, and that you're actually doing them. Right. I mean, I like this. Yeah, it seems very doable. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. Like work, this type of work, it's hard work. So change is the most difficult part of human existence and we all go through it but it's Mm -hmm. hard for everybody and like you have to want something so badly that you don't currently have in order to make any change and you have to believe that like you can do that I also think it's interesting how like people have these blinders on and I'll speak for myself where it's like okay like in with work stuff it's like you and I both have always been in our own way like able to continuously like put like We've never had, like, a limiting belief on what we're capable of in terms of, like, achievement in any of our jobs, even though we both had, like, a lot of firings in our past. And, like, no one when we started the podcast was, like, a podcast is a thing. People were, like, that's lame. And now everyone's, (laughs) like, the podcast, boom. And it's, like, we just followed our own vision because we've always had that confidence with our creativity independently and together. But it's, like – then for me, like in relationship, I had so much work to do. So it's like your Achilles heel. Yeah. So it's weird how we can like be so clear yes. in one direction and then have yeah. like we can't apply that same confidence and vigor and just like belief in these other areas. It's it's really wild. It's super wild, but also makes a lot of sense because we're so multifaceted. Yeah. And so multidimensional. And like I love that you brought that up because it's like that's your intuition. Yeah. That thing that you listen to. And like 80% of like the gray matter in our brain is devoted to that non-conscious sort right. of like voice. Yeah. And only 20% is on the conscious one. But yet when we make decisions, a lot of times we're just listening to the logical reasoning, the right? Chatter, the bullshit. The chatter that comes up and we're losing with all with technology and all the choices that we have and social media, like we're losing the ability to hear our intuition. Mm-hmm. And like that's really cool for me to hear that like the steps that you guys have taken, like professionally speaking at least, and in career and creativity, like that you're listening to your intuition. Yeah. You're like, podcast? Yes, done. Even though people you have the chatter and you have the yeah. people and like look. So it's this idea where also some of the work we do is like how to um, sharpen and listen and give power and a louder voice to our intuition. Right. Because it's like the voice that we feed is the voice that becomes loud. And if you're constantly like feeding the voice of doubt or the one that says that you're not deserving, then that's the one that's like, I'm the king of the castle. Absolutely. And that guy's an asshole. Absolutely. And like our brains, people don't realize, but our brains have a limited attentional capacity. So we kind of just think that like our brain can think all the thoughts in the world. Right. But it's not true. They're, it's limited. So like if you're, if you're thinking like negative thoughts all the time, there isn't a lot of space for anything else. Right. Right. Or if you're like, so, but it's this whole idea where like that sounds like a shitty thing, but it's actually a beautiful thing because if you learn how to choose the thoughts that you think about, you can actually like learn what to put in your brain and what you get more of. And our thoughts are our most valuable currency. So we have to be mindful with how we spend it. So how would you like coach someone from out of their pessimism into their optimism? Well, it's so I love this because it's also something like even though I'm an optimism doctor, I'm working on it with like my medical stuff. So right. I'll use that as, as an example. Like Elizabeth knows I had a really, really, really challenging and shitty pregnancy. Okay. I threw up about 30 times a day 
on average, from the day I found out I was pregnant at six weeks until my son was out of me or no. Set. Oh yeah. Jeez. It was brutal. Um, I also like, and less than two percent of pregnant women get this. It's Whoa. not like da- I mean, it could be dangerous. It was like I had to have an IV and like right. that stuff. Dehydration. But, yes, exactly for that. But it's like just it's severe morning sickness. It's called hyperemesis gravidarum. Okay. And I wasn't shocked when they said I had it. Because if less than 2% of people are getting some medical thing, it's me. So that's my belief. Okay. Right? A lot of weird – like I went to the Hamptons to speak at an event. And my husband came with me and it was one of our first times away from JAG. This was recently. Oh, I yeah. know where this is going. Yeah. She knows where this is going. I'm riding a bike on the most idyllic street, right? It's called like um, Lily Pond Lane. Beautiful street in the Hamptons. Like the most gorgeous thing ever. I'm literally telling – I'm riding bikes and I'm telling my husband like – this is our last night there, and I'm so excited to go see Jag. But I'm like, this is the best part of the whole trip. The trip was, by the way, like two and a half days. But this is the best part, babe. I love this. My tire gets stuck in a pothole. I was going pretty fast. It, like, is sort of like a horse that just, like, stops from, you know, I get thrown over the handlebars, no. chin first into the asphalt, <gasps> bust open my chin, and no. end up finding out I broke my jaw. No! Yeah. But you know what? not that surprising this shit happens to me oh my god why I don't know so you know that's my belief and I'm like going around the world with that but like when I actually stop and think about it I'm 35 and so these like little things have happened to me but I'm also like really healthy yeah and like for 35 years that's the first thing I've ever broken oh right but I was so focused what I what I choose to give the loud voice to is like these things. I also had like other complications in the end of my pregnancy with my delivery. Um, I got really severe preeclampsia and like all this stuff that's super scary. But Jag was absolutely fine and I was absolutely fine. It was like yeah. a miracle. And like it's just like when I – it's what you choose to focus on because like actually if I put all this, the crappy medical stuff in the evidence bucket that happened to me over here, it's a lot smaller than if I actually like every day – put a token in a bucket for how healthy I feel and how right. like well I am. Right. Right? Yeah. And so it's this idea of collecting evidence. And that's my Achilles heel. But when I sit there and start to shift my thoughts and start to like actually collect real evidence, I really should be believing that like you're always gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because for the majority of the time I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so the more that I can do that and believe it and collect real evidence, my thoughts will change but it's kind of fucked up how your brain and not just you like all of us like our brains are such gluttons for punishment in a way where we like will collect evidence to corroborate our limited pessimism well it's and that's what i was talking about in the earlier part of the episode where it's like when you really get into the shit with someone you're like oh you're just gonna keep gathering things that like reinforce what you already think to be true which is shitty this is my favorite thing ever it's called self-fulfilling prophecy yes and I'm like such a I know I'm like a very much like a nerd like a brain nerd but I love that self-fulfilling prophecy is like my favorite thing to talk about but that's exactly what it is and it's because our brains are so efficient why would we spend any of our limited attention 
on something that we don't already believe to be true. We want to just keep collecting evidence for something we believe so strongly to be true. Right, but then it's like, okay, then pull back at your life and you're living in like a miserable yes. place because you've decided to. Right, so self-fulfilling prophecy can be an amazing thing right. if you learn how to work it for you and it's hard. Right. It's hard work, I'm not going to lie. I think that's what true manifestation is. Yes, it is. True manifestation is self-fulfilling prophecy and getting a real reality check on your expectations. Yeah. And learning... It's hard, though. It is so much easier to think you can just hold that crystal and ask, you know, the universe to drop you something in your lap, or it's a lot easier to take a pill, or it's a lot easier to do all these sort of fast things that don't really, you know, maybe it, like, works for you once, but it's just, like, it, it might be placebo effect. Right. Right? But, like, if you really can do the work to change the way your brain is firing – and like actually change your thought process and shift and change your beliefs and change your expectations. Like it takes hard work, but it's life changing. Yeah. And it's almost like we don't know everything about the brain yet. It's such an anomaly. Yeah. But we know, we know a lot. And so it's this thing where I like to think of it like it's like a computer. And if we know these certain ways that this is how the computer works, everybody should know this about themselves. So like that's what I'm super passionate about. And like it can sound so simple, right? It's these practical, really simple like – Oh, yeah, that makes sense, but it's really hard to do. I just want to say thank you because you're doing such amazing work. It's so important for people to know that these tools are within themselves to access, and it's not magic. It's yeah, science. It's, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's here magic I am trying to science. say fuck you to magic. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Magic, we don't, why not? No. Science, why not? For yes. sure. <laughs> That's exactly what Something I'm just now saying in my 30s because I – failed all science and math related <laughs> classes in my education. I you believe can in write that. Yeah. What's your yes. belief system <laughs> That's around my your limiting belief for math and science? <laughs> I believe in magic and science equally. And I, I use both that. of them in my practice and what I'm like most passionate about is giving people the tools to use themselves and to help them create self-mastery. And one of the reasons I kind of left, again, another reason I kind of left the traditional psych world, which, by the way, I, I took so much from, I learned so much from, and getting a doctorate and doing all the clinical hours. I did a double postdoc fellowship at Cedars and UCLA were invaluable. Like, I wouldn't be, like, I think it's important to have all that. But um, one of the the reasons is I don't, I don't want people just to depend on me mm -hmm. and, like, be coming to my office once a week and sitting on a couch for years like our work is quick, it's measurable, it takes practice, um, and it, it takes hard work. But um, I'm super passionate this year to be spreading the message more and giving people tools other than just seeing me mm. um, at a workshop or an event or a panel or even working with me one-on-one -on -one because I know that's – it's tough. Um, it's for some people not affordable and also like long wait times. So my biggest passion this year is like just products and – tools that are simple and easy and I have something really fun and easy and interesting and I think amazing my little labor of love coming out in a few weeks and so please follow along what is it can you say it's gonna be a surprise okay okay okay, okay. yeah well we'll 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 update this yes oh yeah it, that would be amazing yeah um and you can find me yes at on Instagram oh what's because that? we're all on Instagram um or are we <laughs> <laughs> I am um, Dr. Deepika Chopra and my website, drdeepikachopra.com.
Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we finally did it. Namaste listening. Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. (laughs) You did it right. You can say it. Okay, yeah. You can probably just call yourself a guru now. You know what's fucked up is that at the end of every episode, we always go, namaste listening. (laughs) But it came from a joke of going like, namaste listening. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like you can say it. You just did. You just just say it in the right pronunciation. Say it one more time. Namaste. Namaste. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Now use it. I'm using it. You got yes. it. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so, new format. We're closing off the show. We love it. We love it. I just want to say thanks to our all of our beautiful listeners and friends, old and new. And if you guys get a moment, um, head on over to iTunes and drop us a little review. That would be the more the merrier. Really, the more the merrier. Like actually. Yeah, truly. It's a party over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Thanks so much, Deepika. Thank you to you, Steph. You just continue to be like the best person I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you, you too. I love you. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I'm Stephanie Falcon Simbari. Thanks for listening. Namaste listening. Namaste, Namaste listening. listening. Thank you all. Yes, that's a retrograde.